All right, welcome to another episode of Catholic Mindset, where we create Catholic content for Catholics. Today we have Matt Shukwin. He is the founder and creator of The Simple Catholic. It's a website and social media where, we, where I first found him on his Instagram account. The Simple Catholic is the number one source for funny and inspiring Catholic content. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for responding to the DM. And now we're here today. We'd like to start with a prayer. Would you mind leading us in prayer, please? Yes, of course. I'm going to pray the St. Teresa of Avila prayer. She is one of my favorite saints. I've named my youngest daughter after her, and it's a prayer I've thought and also recited many times. So in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing away. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. Amen. Amen. So, the simple Catholic, how did it all start? So, in 2015, that was probably the turning point of my life and my faith journey. In 2014, we both got new jobs at a Catholic school. Um, That 2014-2015 school year was probably the toughest that we've had as a married couple and in my, for me just in my life in general I, there was a lot a big learning curve for me when I was teaching one of the classes I had was a very unruly class and it was tough to develop rapport at first with students so that was something I had to learn um, and I, I tr eventually changed a lot of my teaching formats to help teach more at the students approach versus like my my preferred style. Um, but even besides the the work situation, we had a lot of um, medical issues with one of my kids. My older daughter had a lot of ear infections. She eventually had to get surgery in her ear. So that was stressful. And then we had a daycare situation to start the school year that was quite stressful. There was, uh, we ended up pulling the kids out because there was some abuse going on to my oldest son. That did though lead to, a, you know, a, the fruit of finding a really good daycare provider for a couple of years. You know where I would go to, but um, it was that with the ear infections and the, the new job combined with, we had, when it went through a really terrible miscarriage in November, 2014, we went from hearing the heartbeat for the first time to four hours later having a miscarriage. Mm. It was like that quick. And so we were very confused, hurt, greet, you know, just so many emotions. It was hard to even, there was so many emotions involved that I, and the fact that I was still new into the job and then the other parts going on or other things going on that I didn't actually deal with those emotions until many months later. I started writing as a way to deal with my grief and kind of as a way to pray and as a way to just put it out on paper just to make some type of sense of it. I found that the the posts that I wrote the most that related to grief and suffering, those actually relate to, I've had a, people comment on those posts and, and that drew a lot of people to my website and to my you know, other places I had on social media. Um, and I had, I had a lot of support. You know, there's a lot of people that either 
empathized with me or sympathized with me or like actually went through that themselves. And so that was just a a hidden joy to find different people. Um, and then over the years, I've I've continued to you know write about the faith. I, I just I love Catholicism. Every day, I'm always thinking about some aspect of her faith, whether it's creating a, a funny meme about someone from the Bible or um, looking at notes I wrote during the homily um, from the past Sunday or rereading a book, you know, uh, a theology book that I, I have, um, whether it be something by Fulton Sheen or uh, Chesterton or C.S. Lewis, um, I just, I love everything about our faith. And so that really sustained me through that time. And then my mission kind of really took shape when in 2015 in the summer, when I just looked at my wife, it was, I think it was in the evening and sometime in June. And I just, I was really struggling with the aftermath of the miscarriage. I mean, this was even months, like so many months after. I, I liken it to like a snake bite where you have a delayed reaction, like the the venom of grief hasn't even reached you yet. It takes, there's a time delay, at least for me. I don't know how, it might be different for other people, but for me, it was like a delayed reaction. And then I was, I just felt crippled and not doubting God's existence, but like doubting his providence and and not finding, uh, not feeling his presence. And I just remember telling her, like, I want something good to happen in my life or in our lives. And then a week later, we found out we were pregnant with her third born child, Josiah. Children are, are God's gift. You know, every child is. But he, in a, in a unique way, resembled God's presence and healing presence in so many ways. Um, the first way was we were uh, deciding names and we both wanted a different name, and then we finally settled on Josiah. And then I later looked up what his name meant, and his name actually translates to healer, which in something I didn't even know or anticipate, you know. And so I, I, I took that as a sign from God that our rainbow baby, after a miscarriage, his name actually means healer. That, I mean, there's, there's something divine working in that. And then... I later found out that the verse that um, that's in the prophet Jeremiah's book where, where he says, before I knew you, I formed you in the womb. That verse, I think it's Jeremiah 1 verse 5. It, in that same chapter, he actually is reflecting on King Josiah and his righteous reign in the Old Testament. And so... That was something I'm like, okay, this is like another really cool sign. Like, because our, the reason for that is we named our unborn child Jeremiah. And so there's that connection between Jeremiah and Josiah that I didn't even anticipate. That's kind of how it started. And then eventually we ended up having both of our sons diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. And so that shaped my parenthood where I was had to change kind of my approach that to teaching the faith because autism is a social is a communication disorder social communication disorder so what works in terms of teaching for you know neurotypical individuals doesn't always work for 
neurodivergent individuals. And so I had to be more intentional, more patient, use more visual aids, use different approaches to teaching the faith, realizing that I couldn't just, you know, teach in a, in a normal way to them. And I had to do it in shorter bursts and, and just realize that, you know, taking the mass was the first start, realizing that they don't have to learn everything, you know, all at once. And even at, even at like certain ages, you know, I, I would see other parents, Catholic parents, like have teach their kids and they would memorize all these facts about everything in the Bible and all the sacraments. And my kids were, were older than these kids. And I, I did kind of struggle with like comparing myself, you know, to that and thinking I failed, but I realized that I had to simplify the faith and, and just kind of take it step by step. And then I've also found that humor is a good way to convey our faith. And that started first when I discovered the Saint Philip Neri, who's a patron saint of humor and joy. He's kind of been an influence for me since I created my Instagram page in 2017. He has been a very influential person for me and and I've had, you know, a lot of feedback from my followers that they like my humor and inspiring posts. So I've I've just kind of continued on that path and I, you know, continue to share my my faith journey as a Catholic. So when it comes to the creation of your content, because I came I came to know you via your Instagram page. You know, I was exploring, looking for other Catholic creators, trying to connect, make friends. And then I found I found your your stuff and I came across your your page and I, I enjoyed a lot of your your funny content, you know. So and that's how I ended up reaching out. So do you create all your content yourself? Uh, when it comes to like my blog and written stuff, yes, I do. Um, when it comes for Instagram, I'm kind of, I create content and I also create my own content. If I find a meme from like a Facebook page, I attribute the, uh, page or author of it in my caption first, but I do create my own stuff. And I've been recent, like this year I've been more intentional and, and I remember to like, I kind of put a watermark like with my tag on it to show those are the ones that I created myself. It started out more as a curation or sharing of various Catholic memes that I found, but within the last year, I've really started to create a lot more of my memes. The content I see and the, and kind of the, the time period, like there's certain weeks where I'm I can really, or get struck by, I guess more accurately, struck by the creative lightning rod. So there's some weeks where I can create a lot of memes. Just, there was one week where I was creating a new meme about every biblical character, like I was just going through the line. So you're tweeting as well, or Xing as they call now, or whatever? I think it's still called tweeting, but yes, um, I think so, unless they change it, which I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yes, I still do that, and I, I share some screenshots. That is more so if I wanted to tell like a short joke Sometimes I'll make a, a tweet thread and then a screenshot those and share them. Um, I've also shared a lot of experiences that my kids have had um, at mass. So like there's times where if it's quiet and homily and they, um, they shout something funny. Like there was one time, I think it was 2022 on Palm Sunday and it was during the 
the long gospel reading. And it got the lector got to the point where he, he said that Malchus's ear was chopped off by Peter. And then in less than a second later, almost pretty much immediately after, my three-year-old at the time shouted, no, as if she, inter- you know, realized what was going on. It was a complete coincidence, but I, I, that was something I, that had me laughing right after that event. And so I, I, I ended up tweeting that later and sharing it. And a lot of people kind of found that funny. So I share, uh, some of the stuff where I, it's more sharing this, the funny stuff my kids do. They're, they're, they're comedy gold. So, um, I just am there to capture a lot of it and share it and then kind of format it, you know? So as, as you create your content, what kind of tools can you share with us that you use or tools that you love? Yeah. Um, I've, I've used a few over, especially this year, I've really been more intentional about finding tools to help. Uh, the first would be Canva. That's a real easy one uh, to use, especially if you're not really adept at uh, graphic design like I am. And more, you know, my skill is in writing, not necessarily creating the visual aspect. So Canva has really made it easy for me to insert images and then uh, adjust text around it to make it, you know, make content that's that works, you know, that's that is visually appealing in addition to it's well written and, you know, and, and funny. Um, another tool I've used, uh, I just started, I learned about this a couple months ago. It's audio pen. That is a recording app where the free version, um, you can record three minute clips and it transcribes everything for you. And then in addition to transcribing it, it creates a summary of your content. So I've been able to, um, when I'm driving in the car or if I'm sitting on the deck and you know I my computer is needs to be charging or if I just don't have more than a few minutes um to do to to write then I can just bring it out and just say some thoughts like I wrote an article about see John the Baptist as a precursor to Jesus for his feast day um and I made that into a blog post from audio pen um, I've used ChatGPT to, and I've used that to transform my blog post into a series of tweets or to carousel posts or slides for a carousel post. And then I edit those um, to adjust the, I, I, I take those, the text from it and adjust, move it to Canva. And then I adjust it as, as it fits each slide. Um, but I found chat GPT really is helpful in turning longer form content and boiling it down to like tweet form. Um, I've used it a little bit for headlines too on, on my blog posts and kind of writing conclusion paragraphs for blog posts. Um, it's limited. I found in creating like really enriched blog posts. Like you really have to put a lot of work into creating good prompts and having existing information to draw on it first because it's very generic um so i've i've moved away from using it to 
actually use longer form content. I've just used it as more shorter form content just because I think it's, that's where it works. You have to know what to put into it yeah, in order to get good output. Um, it, it's not necessarily tools, but I listen to the Bible in your podcast and catechism of your podcast daily. And so that, that helps me with content um, and just kind of filling my, my spiritual cup with just hearing from God's word, learning about the catechism. Yesterday, the theme was for catechism in the year was about Christian funerals. And that, that's something I'm, I'll probably end up writing about because there, there's just, it's a topic that's not quite as common. And I, I found that it's the way Father Mike was talking about it. Uh, and, and the purpose of the homily in a funeral is not to, to talk about the life of the person. It's to talk about how Christ and his resurrection, death and resurrection gives us hope for the world to come. Mm. And so that should be the focus of, of, um, of a funeral mass homily. And I just thought it was kind of interesting. I've never really thought about it that way. And so there's just little things like that, that the Bible in your podcast and catechism in your podcast, um, you know, I, I get little tidbits of information or things that I've heard before, but from a different angle, or I just am reminded of it. Hey, when it comes to writing on your blog and, and pumping out posts, what are your goals? I mean, I have my own goals. I don't always meet them, right? But, yeah. but what are your, what does your goals look like? Um, so I, and first to kind of, uh, before I answer that, I, I use the Panda Planner, which is a really cool planner at, that has monthly, weekly, and daily goals. And so that's helped me organize my, my goals for the week. So, um, on Sundays, I, I have a, I write down all my goals and then each specific weekday, it kind of, it kind of breaks down and how it, how it's in relation to that week. But typically my goal for writing on my simple Catholic blog is I want to have one new post a week or actually two. I have a mean Monday post that's on Mondays where it's a compilation of all of my memes I've created and or shared from the previous week. And I created that because I was already posting those on Instagram. And so I just compiled them into a post. And so that's one post I do every week. And then I try to do one new post that's completely original. And then I try to repurpose or recycle one other post where I can republish it. So my goal is like three between those three, three a week. And then I also started a new series a couple weeks ago for Saturdays and it's called Showcase Your Sacramentals. And that I'm only doing on Instagram right now. Uh, depending upon my time and how it does, I might make it into a weekly blog series too. But that was... Um, one where I just, you know, I created a hashtag, showcase your sacramental. I'm going to have people either DM me or comment below 
a picture of their sacramental, so a rosary, crucifix, holy water, font, blessed salt, others, and then maybe uh, write a short description of why that sacramental is important in their life. And so I've gotten, you know, um, good reception on it. I've had a lot of really thoughtful comments. And for me, I just remember when I was growing up, the things that I remember is having, you know, we had lots of rosaries at home. We had a holy water font at our back door. Lots of, you know, lots of statues of Mary, lots of images, a, a crucifix in every room, including the bathroom. That I think is the best way to pass on the faith where, you know, life gets busy where you can't always just formally discuss the faith on a one-on-one basis with someone or your kids or your spouse or friends that come over to your house that may be non-Catholic. So I found that sacramentals are just a really good concrete way to like show the faith. And then if someone asks a question about it, then you can always, you know, talk a little bit about the faith there. As you prepare your content, what is, what do you prefer? What is your favorite thing to write? That's a good question. Um, Catholic content for first and foremost, I know that's kind of a general answer, but within that, I have found that I enjoy talking about Mariology, the sacraments. I share like, I guess, evangelization moments with my kids. So uh, there was one, one post I ended up writing where it was titled How Hedgehogs and the communion of saints teach you about God. And that came to mind where I, w- I didn't even come up with the idea. I, uh, I guess I gathered the ideas and compiled it into a actual article. But one afternoon, I just, I was picking up the living room and I saw like underneath on one of the walls, I saw a picture of this uh, hedgehog called Goldie. It was um, made by my nine-year-old daughter. And she was obsessed with hedgehogs that week. I think I got her a hedgehog-shaped dispenser at a, like a discount store. And then we had a hedgehog toy um, that we got our younger kid um, earlier, like a few years ago. And so it has different quills that you could put in. Kind of like a count. It's like a counting little uh, game or... You could, it was to help with like fine motor skills, basically. But she's used, she's, um, I don't know. She was just obsessed with hedgehogs. She's liked hedgehogs. I don't know why, but specifically, but she does. And I saw that. I'm like, her devotion to the hedgehog is not that, it is, is kind of similar to our devotion to the saints because. Her devotion to the hedgehog does not detract from her love from the father, me, or the mother, my wife. It, it, but it, it's just a, it, it's a very interesting relationship. And so that got me thinking about the, the communion of saints and how our devotion to various saints, and even the Blessed Virgin Mary, does not, a true devotion, as St. Louis de Montfort says, to the Blessed Virgin Mary, leads you to Christ. If it was 
false devotion would lead you away, but every true devotion to a saint ends up leading you to God. That, like, anytime I think of the Blessed Virgin Mary, I always end up talking about how awesome God is. So that was a really fun piece to write where I, I just used the hedgehogs as like a segue to like the community of saints. And this is this is an article you wrote on the, on your page or in combination with your Instagram account or where did you publish this? I published this on my website. I think I posted on my Instagram with just I adjusted the caption on it. I think I shared a picture of Goldie the Hedgehog. In terms of like posts on Instagram, some of my but there was a uh, a meme from the office where um, the one I personally like was it. There was a scene where Dwight he was trying to teach this other guy um, about sales, and he he owns a beet farm, and so he took him to the beet farm, and and it and it was a very ridiculous episode, like most of Dwight episodes are. Um, and at the end, he was saying get in the coffin. And I there's a screenshot of that and I I made it where it's like Jesus telling sin and death to get in the coffin because he felt sin and death. And so that that was right after Easter. So those are that was just one of my more favorite memes that I've that I've made. Um I love the office so anytime I can uh find connection with that or find a an image that um, I think can relate to Catholicism or some biblical event that I use those. I have good news. I found Goldie. Oh, you did? Okay. You won't be able to yeah. see it. I need to put it. I need to put it up on the chair <laughs> right now. There it is. Yep, Goldie. <laughs> At first, I I thought it. The nose looks like a banana. It's so my my first thought is like, what is that? <laughs> and then, so I asked her about that. Um, oh, it's so good. Yeah, and so she's a, she loves art. She like I think she would be a great artist, you know, when she grows up. But that's she loves making different creations out of uh, cardboard, tape, um boxes she likes decorating rocks there's a lot of decorated rocks i find in our house and uh that i eventually have to bring back to the backyard because have so many rocks in the house. <laughs> yeah um uh hedgehogs are one of her favorites um relating to animals there's another really fun piece that i that i wrote and it wasn't really humorous because a lot of people might that have that commented or reached out to me, they they typically think that my like favorite thing to write is humor. And I like I enjoy humor, but I really like my first type of writing that I loved was like informational stuff um about the saints. And so Saint Ambrose was or is a saint that I really, really love. Um, he was actually the mentor of Saint Augustine. He was the saint that found Saint Augustine and helped him become a bishop. So that in and of itself is really cool. Um, he also there's a legend that when he was born, there's a bunch of bees that were around surrounding him, but he didn't get stung at all. And that was seen as a 
fig, uh, prefiguration of him being a very uh, articulate um, spreader of the gospel, the sweetness of the gospel. And so I wrote an article talking about Ambrose's life, and I used um, the analogy of the honey of bees and the honey of his words and how he lived out God's message, how it attracts people versus the like the vinegar or like bitter taste. Like that doesn't really, it doesn't capture people's attention or draws them to the faith as much as the sweetness of the truth of gospel. There's a, there's a way to phrase the gospel that is both kind and truthful. And so that was another really, I just had fun writing that, um, you know, just because I liked his, I, I, I like bees, you know, I, I just like the, there's so many facets of the bees and God's an amazing creator that he gave us that insect that could create something as awesome as honey. And then they have their own unique culture and, you know, creation of hives and so many different, you know, functions within their, within their colony. And the way they contribute to agriculture, they're very important too. Yep. And pollination and stuff. So like, there's many times where I look at insects like ants and bees specifically, where if I'm outside, you know, watching the kids play, sometimes I'll just pause and look at ants on the ground and just realize like, this is amazing. And I'm always reminded of God's awesomeness. Every time I'm thinking about ants or bees, it just reminds me of his awesomeness. I just, I find it fascinating. So that, that type of mindset was what I was doing, what I had when I was writing the article about St. Ambrose. Um, and he has that great connection with the bees. So those are a few things that I, that I've really, over the years, I've kind of, I've really had fun writing. And as a creator and being on the socials, I'm sure, I'm sure you get some haters. Do you? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a, I don't know how, I'm not there yet to the, to your level of following, but I, I, at my size, I still get haters. So I can only imagine if, if I get two haters per thousand, you probably, yeah. um, you know, there's a there's a few I guess I don't know if they're the same people or just random trolls but I found it mostly on post about the Blessed Virgin Mary I used to kind of get upset about it but now I don't really as much just because I don't have the time to and I realized that I've come to realize that if you have someone that's trolling on your account that means you've had a decent amount of reach your 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 post has now been shown to enough people that you've reached pretty much any type of mindset. You've reached the people that are going to agree with you no matter what you say. You're going to reach the people that are new and that are likely going to that agree with most of your stuff but not all your stuff. Then there's the people that are, that are like they disagree but they're not going to voice it. And then there's the trolls that just hate on everyone. And so what I've done as just kind of a funny way to come combat that is I say I, I and I've actually saved this as a template on Evernote 
um, which is another app I've used um, almost weekly. I use to save different templates or comments, but I've, I've saved this note template. I'm like, thank you for your comments. You comment on this post has now increased the reach of this post. If you want this post to have further reach, please respond to this comment. Smiley face. They never respond, but... Uh, yeah, 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 I'm with you. I think, like, I follow a couple of social media gurus, you know, and they say that that a... One of them is, I forget his name, uh, he said that a hater or a troll is an uninformed or something at like that follower or, or supporter because, or confused supporter. That's what he uses because he comments and he unintentionally, you know, boosts your, your post because it tells the algorithm that, oh, it, this is an engaging post. So let's just right. sharing it. Right. And so I, I dare them to say in a friendly way, like, Hey, thank you for sharing it. Please comment more. And then that forces them to either, if they, if they want to argue, then they would comment. And if they don't, then they don't. And I don't, you know, it's not going to bother me either way. So, yeah. And you're right with Mary. I think with, I interviewed Professor Mark Miravalli from Ave Maria and I made his reels. And I, I edit on, I edit my videos on um, Dementia Resolve and I make my my reels and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready. It's all about the Virgin Mary. We're talking about the dogmas, right? So I, I thought, oh, I might get some. I put that first reel like within the first two hours. I get two, two comments about the dogmas and how they're lies about only Catholics can get it wrong. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you're right. Uh, um, talking about Mary does trigger, does trigger people faster. Other than that, I get a lot of the you know you should read your Bible kind of stuff all the time from our from our fellow Christians. <laughs> right. Yeah. And those you know I just kind of disregard. I just you yeah. Know, I, um. But yeah, I think I think it just is a sign that you you've reached enough people that are outside your inner circle that are good because like I want to be able to reach enough people where like not everyone has to agree with me or I can have a uh where there are some in like smaller T traditions there can be discussion about it. Can you share with us one or a few of your most favorite posts? That's going to be tough because I have a lot, but the one that garnered the most like views and that I also think is really funny, um, it's one of my pinned views or pinned um, posts, I mean, and it's about Peter and John running to the tomb. This one right here? Yes. The back, and for, I ran cross country in high school, so as a Catholic, this relates to me, but as a runner, I just, I found it funny too. Um, and so I just shared this. I didn't make this, but I shared it and it got a lot of views. Um, and so I just thought it was really funny whenever I, I heard that verse a few years ago on Easter Sunday. And I just thought it was so random um, that John would put that in there because it really doesn't advance the storyline much. It must have actually happened because otherwise, why would he put it in there? That's for those that are for those that are listening and not watching. That so John writes, you know, they both ran together, and the other disciples outran Peter and came into the tomb first, right? Yeah. Now, and so the meme template um, for those that aren't uh, 
aren't able to see it right now. It's the uh, template of Steve Rogers or Captain America running up behind uh, Falcon in one of the Marvel movies, and he ends up passing him. And so there is that play on the the Peter and the John uh, scene in the Gospel. There is also another meme that I um, post it, and then I can share with you to put in a reel maybe later or after this uh, podcast is posted. But I, it's about John talking about how Jesus wrote in the sand, and I made a, just a play. I just kind of poked a little fun at it by talking about how he's doodling in the sand. Um, it's it's very random because it doesn't actually. Um, I mean, there's the uh, theological meaning behind it. Um, it's right after the woman uh, was being accused by the scribes and Pharisees of being sinful, and then Jesus says, "Whoever casts the first stone, whoever is without sin, can cast the first stone." And then he starts to write in the sand a couple times. Um, I just thought that those type of things in the gospel, I find, uh very interesting and also humorous, but also mostly interesting because they, they testify to the truth of the gospel because why would you include that in there um, unless it actually happened? So th- those are just really cool things I, I found um, for that. Yeah, like, but yeah, I have a, like, like my kids, you know, I don't have a favorite kid. I, there's, I mean, I don't really have a, a official favorite meme because there's so many. Um, actually though, if you go to the one where I'm wearing the shirt, this, the blue one here. Yep. I'm wearing this. You can't see it because my camera angle, um, I, I, this is recording on an iPhone, but, um, I'm wearing this exact same shirt right now. Yes. I, uh, yeah. And that was by a fellow Catholic. Um, she's an artist named Nicole. I have her. You know, if you're interested, I can give her a Twitter or not a Twitter handle, but Instagram handle. She's right um, to follow. Yeah, she has, and th- that was a design that her kids kind of were thinking about, and she brought to life with that retro art. Oh, look at that! Yeah, very nice. Yeah, so she has a lot of cool stuff. I mean, um. You know, I didn't. I did a review uh, for her for in exchange for a, a T-shirt, but she has a lot of really, really cool stuff, like a lot of picture frames, um, other types of art. I like this one that you posted. When the priest is taking forever with the announcements at the end of mass, let my people go. Yeah, and that one that was from Lit Catholic Memes, which is a really I've oh, yeah, shared a lot yeah. of stuff. Um. What is funny is I have an, a Facebook group, a private Facebook group where I have some um, Catholics that are on Facebook that I've followed and uh, friends with, but there's a few deacons that are there that um, they've made fun of. They they thought that meme was really funny too because they're like, we we don't do that. We just say, go and pee, you know, the way the deacons, when they dismiss, it's very brief. Um, and so they always think that that meme is pretty funny. Matt, it's been great to have you on the show. I think that your work here is is hilarious. It's it's fun. 
and your approach to sharing your faith. It's it's special and unique because it surrounds your life and your day to day. So being able to grab your faith and turn it into inspirational and and funny memes, at least in the how I encountered you, you know, in, in the first in, in the how I met you for the first time with your material, it's it's pretty cool. So I wanna I wanna thank you for doing that and congratulate you because it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to do that. We need we definitely need more Catholic creators out there. Um, pre podcast we were talking a little bit about a message you want to share with with everybody, so please. Okay, well, and thanks Alejandro for having me on. I appreciate it. I know it's uh, t- you reached out a few weeks ago, and just with my schedule, it's been work schedule and then kids either being sick or fussy uh, that day. I had to reschedule, so I appreciate your willingness and flexibility with with us meeting together so very thank you very much um well i guess the last message i want to say is just catholicism should be shared from a place of joy and how you share your faith and look different from uh each individual um some people might share it more informationally or from an educational standpoint there's a lot of you know good approaches for that some um how i've done occasionally is through my through humor um some people might get drawn to the faith by sharing your your suffering so whether it's a death of um a spouse death of a parent um uh really tough medical situation you're going through or um, stressful things you're going throughout work or uh, your personal life. Those are really great ways to help draw people to the faith. Um, the things that have the common things about our faith that has helped me consistently has been the sacraments, um, thinking about God as Trinity. Um, that has always really led to me just being in awe and wonder about how God is one in, but also three persons. Um, then the saints and blessed Virgin Mary. Um, there are connection to Christ. Mary is the neck of the body of Christ. She connects us the best. There are some times where you might be linked to some saints for certain periods of time or just even for a day or an hour. And those are great times to invite, you know, God into your life through those saints. So for for my life, the saints that have really helped me the most are Saints Teresa of Avila, Saints um, uh, Catherine of Siena, Philip Neri, um, Athanasius of Alexandria. He's also been a great witness for me. Um, John Paul II great saint jose maria escriba um louis de montfort is one of my one of the best saints to learn about the rosary and his uh, true devotion to mary is just a great book francis de sales is another great one so if you're if you're whether you're new to catholicism or cradle catholic like myself reading about the saints um in the bible too those are just incredible ways to learn about your faith and then 
share something that you learned um, about the faith because there's always something new you can learn. Whether it's it's it could be something humorous, um, you know that you reflect in the gospels, or it could be something edifying um, or inspirational that you found that you just wanted to share with someone. Um, and you can do that, you know, to those just in your family, or if, if you are on social media, you can share those um, on your account, um, or you can email, you know, your Catholic coworkers at work. So, um, yeah, that's. I mean, live, find joy in Catholicism and and uh, and spread the truth through joy. Amen. Amen to that. Matt, thank you so much again for jumping on the show yeah, and sharing your story. Yeah, thank you again, Alejandro. It was great to be on this.